The following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. The pre-Vegas edition. The of, pre the pre-pre. Right, yes, because yeah. we'll have another episode next week. Yes. I don't know how you I mean, are you counting down for this trip? Because I would oh, be yeah, I mean <laughs> have you looked outside? <laughs> one, Absolutely. One big puddle out there. Yeah, it's it's both my favorite and least favorite times of year. Oh yeah, right, because you get baseball coming and the weather's changing and it's great and Yet you got to deal with all the slop in between. Yeah, everything is cold and wet and melting and dirty, and you can't do no anything. point in even washing your car. No, oh, why? I saw people in line for that. And I was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, as I soon as you drive it out of there, you're gonna just get slop all over puddles it. Puddles right when you leave. It's not how it works. The intentional foul back for another week. I think we're closing in on episode thirty. Whew. Didn't think we'd last this long. But that's good. See, you're yeah, but you're a pessimist. I Come am. On. I am. You're I knew we'd be fine. Really? We got listeners. We do. We got loyal fans. Yes, we do. If yeah, you, I hate to call anybody a fan, but eh, that's fine. Whatever. You, you listen. You're a fan. That's all it takes. Yeah. All right. So coming up again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This week we'll talk about the free agency and the nuttery that went on early this week. Wild um, West. Yeah. The Bucks, College Hoops, and the Brewers. Might be a short episode. We'll see. No top five. We'll have one for you next week uh, before you leave for Vegas. I'm, I'm thinking about things that we can tie in to Sin City because I've been there, I think, only as a post-21-year-old where everything is fine. I've only been there once, but I'm not a huge Vegas guy. I haven't been there since my 21st birthday. Oh, really? So it would have been, so it's been like that long. Ap- okay. late April, early May of... Of 02, okay. so it's been a while. I have some some things I would like to do if I go back, when and if, and uh, some things I've already done, which I doubt I'll ever replicate. So, Well, I left Vegas that day in 02 up $800, so I owe them. I owe them. You going to turn all that in next week? I have. Uh, there's, a, there's a chance. They all, That's why I, they I'm exist. Make, I'm making. I'm going to be making some future bets and, and, okay. and things like that. But yeah, I'm going Excellent. to be gambling heavily on well, the tournament. I'm so. looking looking forward to that because we will know our that'll be our bracket show yep. as well because Selection Sunday is coming up this weekend. Um, let's start with the NFL and the wild. It was really was a wild day at least locally in free agency and really around the league. Although some of the Really bonkers stuff didn't happen until later that afternoon and into the evening. Um, and then when you woke up on uh, today, Wednesday, um, as we taped this, you kind of knew everything that happened. Let me just say, it, the the reaction to this has been really funny for well, me. Of course it has. You're no, a no, Bears no, 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 fan. It has nothing to do with the teams. Okay. It's been very funny to me because this is every July in the NBA. But is This there- is every... Congratulations to the NFL for finally coming into the 21st century and realizing that this is what fans like. Yes. This is what they like. They like guys signing contracts and moving around and, and uh, you know, teams 
building for the future and having hope and all those things. Well, that's why the NFL draft has been built up from a four-day or a, a two-day weekend now to a prime-time thing because they found a way yeah, to but, market it. But free agency is different. That's a bunch of what-ifs. You know, when your team signs Le'Veon well, Bell, that's like, whoa. When your team trades for Beckham, okay, you're like, whoa. But there are so few. We're going for it. There are so few of those where I think every team enters. Like, there are teams in free agency who are like, we're not going to sign this guy. We're yeah, not going to well, do anything. So, I mean, I think when, when the NFL draft, you have everybody. Usually every team has a first-round pick, and you're excited to see who could hopefully, possibly, air quotes, air quotes, be some of the guys of the future. Some people, like for the Ted Thompson era, I mean, you should hear Michael and I's conversations from the last few years. It's like, well, this is going to be boring. We'll talk to you in two weeks well, when the tier three, four, and five guys that's just, start to get scooped up. That's because of the team that you're a well, fan right. of. But. but, I mean, it's other than that, but yes, the, the most interesting moves in a long time all made on the same day. Mm-hmm. I will definitely grant you that. Um, and I, I don't know what... What surprises you more, the Antonio Brown thing finally getting completed uh, this weekend, this past weekend, or the um, Odell Beckham trade? Neither one of them really surprised me much. I, I mean, I'm, in terms of destination, uh, well, destination, I guess for Beckham, yeah, but not yeah. so much for uh, for Brown. You know, that, it's it's a typical Raider move. <laughs> they always have loved these aging. Past their prime, get them on their downward spiral wide receivers. I mean, it's kind of been the it, for, it, it was the Al Davis way forever, and now it appears that his son has yeah. kind of taken the reins. I mean, you know, I mean, this it kind of reminds you a little bit of the Moss situation several years ago right. when they got him, and he was, you know, he wanted out of Minnesota, but then and, he got revitalized yep. when he, you know, yep. So you never know, but New England that wasn't a huge shock. I mean, at least. It makes a little bit of sense that that Brown goes to a team that actually has a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, the Beckham one, you know, the trade itself wasn't that surprising because I had been listening to a lot of stuff where there was some speculation he was on the block. Jay Glazer said like three, four weeks ago that he was going to get traded, and everybody laughed at him. And, uh, you know, Glazer's one of the few guys that he doesn't put a lot of that stuff out there, but when he does, if you check his track record, he's, he's pretty spot on. Okay. So... Um, but going to Cleveland, <laughs> I mean, you know, you got Beckham, Landry, Landry Hunt, Chubb, Chubb, and Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty dynamic offense if they can all get along, right? And and everybody can get their hands on the ball at some point. The thing I like, I like the best about it, though, really is 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 the Baker Mayfield part of it because if there was ever a a quarterback in the NFL, an upcoming guy. That's going to tell his wide receiver to shut his mouth in the in the huddle. It's going to be Baker Mayfield. Like you, that dude, don't take no crap. Right. You know who I feel bad for in this whole situation? Joe Thomas. Well, yeah. This yeah. is the best team that was probably going yeah. to be in Cleveland for Thomas's entire career, and he retired a year before. Well, so they la- took yeah, the field. last year was his first yeah. year out, right? Yeah. Well, because he can always come back. He said, I, I was I follow him on Twitter. He said he had he has one game left. He's just picking which one to come out of retirement. AFC for. championship game. But there that's, you go. That's like one of the only things they don't have now is a left tackle. Right. But other other than that, the Browns, I mean not a very important position. Either. No, not at all. But I I mean, I feel good for the fans. 
Sure, I, I, sure. I'm, I'm hopeful for them because I... Yeah, I'm I mean, not anti-Cleveland. No, but I mean, long-suffering fan bases, I always want to see them get a little bit of love and yeah. maybe try to turn Except that... the Cubs. Well, no, that's fine. But but Cleveland's one of those teams, I you know, yeah. I don't have any dog in the fight no, over no, whether no, no. they're good, Well, and especially because they're, they're in the AFC, too, where it's like, hey, man... If if anybody's going to knock, knock out the yeah. Patriots, that's great. Of all teams, I think that would be that'd be pretty sweet. That's great, but yeah, the Brown thing to Oakland. You're right about the the whole wide receiver thing. It's I just the whole the, the and I love John Gruden because I just love the way he talks. I liked him when he was an analyst, and I know a lot of people didn't, but I don't like him in a position of being an executive and a coach because the the bullshit is coming out both sides of his mouth on, well, we couldn't afford him, we would like to have had him, and we would like to would have done this, and then you go out and you do this, and like, wh- what were you just talking about? Yeah, yeah. Which, which way is it? You know what I mean? So I, I mean, I don't love that it. Guy, I don't, it doesn't matter. I don't love anybody that has those dual roles because it just doesn't work. You know, I mean, point me to anybody that it works for. There's a guy up in Massachusetts that that's working yeah, for. Yeah, but I mean, they've had general managers there. I mean, he's right. heavily involved in building the roster, but, you know... And I mean, okay, that's like saying who can jump from the free throw line. Well, Michael Jordan can. Right. Well, you know, you're, right. you're kind no, of going I understand. To, Everybody seems to want to yes. do that. Okay, we'll give you complete autonomy over the roster, and you're the coach. It usually doesn't work. Right. It usually even doesn't. with some of the best ones. I mean, God, you know, the one that always pops to mind is Holmgren, and I mean. You know, yeah, he made a Super Bowl with the Seahawks, but I mean, that was, if you go back and look, that was a pretty crappy year of football. <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, it's tough to do. Packers signed four guys. I, every time you turn around, somebody else agreed to a contract, and I didn't know. I mean, you know, I was texting people like, what is going on? What, 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 what's happening? Mm-hmm. I don't know what this is because we haven't had this in Green Bay since, or they haven't, I should say. Um, it's in the Thompson era outside of a few, you know, key additions. But I I mean, I said it this morning. It's like, like you said at the beginning, there's hope here. And anything right now, these two pass rushers, they got the Smiths, Zadarius and Preston. Right now, one of them's really reliable because he hasn't been missed a game in four years. He's put up okay numbers. The other one led the Ravens' defense in sacks and pressures and missed half the year um, due to injury. So anything right now that those guys can produce will probably likely be what Clay Matthews and Nick Perry combined for in the last few years. And Perry's already gone, and Matthews is a free agent. But I just read something today that the agent's still testing the waters, but they don't rule out bringing him back in an inside linebacker role, something that he was really effective in, but that'll depend on whether... Uh, Mike Patton wants him to do that on defense. So edge rushers, that's what they needed. They went out and they got a couple of them. That changes the whole dynamic of the first round of the draft where they have picks 12 and 30 to me. Now that gives them a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more freedom to do what they want. Yeah, they'll probably draft a wide receiver, I would think, in the first two rounds. There, People are thinking they're going to take either Hawkinson or Font, one of the two Iowa tight ends, or Smith has been in there as well because tight ends another – I mean – Graham didn't give you anything this year. May may not give you anything or uh, last year. May yeah, not may not give got, you anything this year. I don't think year. he's got much left. So yeah, I mean, and now you've got Robert Tanyan, Mercedes Lewis, Lance Kendricks are both free agents. I mean, what do you got? You got nothing. So I, I, that's looking ahead. But the offensive lineman, uh, Billy Turner, I don't know anything about him except that he's versatile 
And the Packers always have guys that are sliding in different positions because somebody's always hurt. Um, and then the safety, you and I were talking about Adrian Amos, and he was a backup Teddy Jackson uh, last year. But everything that I read is that this is a really good fit and an immediate upgrade, albeit over Kentrell Bryce, at safety from last year in Petten's defense. I don't really care about the money unless it becomes a, a point of these guys aren't producing, they're hurting the salary cap, and we need to get rid of them because they're just kind of getting in the way of things going forward. But you won't know that for another year or two. Sure. That that's That's my take on the whole four guys that they signed. Yeah, I mean, obviously the you know the lineman, I, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but the, the, but Bulag is entering his last year, and, sure, and, and he's, he's always hurt. Yeah. So they and, need they need depth there. Whether or not that guy comes in and starts, Byron or not, Bell, who knows. a guard, is not under contract. He started last year, so this guy might be able to start there. Right. Might be able to fill in for Bulaga. This this seems like a good just piece. He's a guy. Yeah, I mean the 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 defensive ends. Uh, I mean. They're, to me, they just seem like guys. Yeah. Um, you know, Amos. I I watched him for the three or four years he was on the Bears. Solid player. Yep. Um, you know, pretty good tackler. Not much of a ball hawk. Um, yeah. You know, whether or not he fits well into the scheme. Yeah, I don't know. That that remains to be seen. Um, the I'm not worried about the money per se. I thought the money was interesting. What the Packers gave him. Um, you know, four years, about thirty eight million. I f- I'm surprised that he got that much, and I, it's it's interesting that the Bears obviously didn't believe he was worth that. Um, I I always question that. I mean, you can say that about any free agent. Oh, you know, the team that he's leaving knows him best, and if they're willing to let him go, it's kind of the whole where everybody gets scared off if the Patriots cut you. Um, but are you going to pay that much money for a backup? Well, see, the the thing about the Bears, too, is like with him leaving, now they need to go get a safety. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, you let him go. But are you going to pay that much for a backup? Are you going to try to find somebody else on, well, he's not really on, a backup. on the cheap? I mean, maybe on the kickoff he didn't start on the field, but he played, you know, yeah. 80, 85% of the snaps. So um, I don't know. It's just interesting. You know, as a Bear fan, am I heartbroken that he left? No. Is it going to affect that defense much? No. Um, is he much better than HaHa Clinton Dix for the Packers? No. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he gets on the open market because he's still out there. Well, and I think part of what and you mentioned safety and, and and the money, I think part of what part of what Amos got was directly related to Landon uh, Collins setting the market. Yeah, I mean they threw a boatload of money at him yeah and so i always then, that's always such a dangerous way for teams to negotiate too oh. because if you allow that to dictate how much you're gonna pay somebody you typically end up overpaying but it happens every year well market is set it if happens the, usually with the quarterback it doesn't really happen with other positions in football much um but yeah we'll, we'll see what happens i mean i i, I haven't heard anybody doing backflips over these signings i no. certainly haven't heard anybody bashing them so oh, barnwell just crushed all of them well he's a bear fan so <laughs> that'll happen but I, I mean the the edge rush guys they gave them a lot of money yeah i mean you're yes, talking you're talking what about 14 a year or mm-hmm. something like that yep. i mean you know like you said one guy played eight games and he was in a contract year and it's the best year he's ever had and he gave him 14 million that's a lot of money for yep. him for a maybe 
but their uh, their cap hit is also less this year than Matthews and Perry combined. Sure. And and uh, the guaranteed money, fine. I don't care. You're worried about the salary cap and things handicapping you going forward. Whatever you want to give them in terms of a signing bonus or a base salary, that, that that's fine. My concern is the cap number. Yeah. Well, but you're going to pay them twenty eight to thirty million dollars for sure. Yeah. Because they're going to be on your team for two years for sure. Mm-hmm. So is that is fifteen a year for those guys worth it? I don't know. We'll see. So, I don't know. It again. It gives me hope. It you know, it it's defined now that what Gudikins does as a general manager and just the fact that he believes in you offset your NFL draft or you use free agency to set up what you need in the draft and then how that plays out. You use it to complement your team. None of these guys are going to be the all-stars and the playmakers going forward. Your responsibility is to find those guys in the draft and build them up, and then they turn into that kind of thing. None of these guys are going to be world beaters for the Packers, but you know what? All four of those sightings are an immediate upgrade, and that tells you to me how bad green the state of the, of the team was. That's what was. I was going to say. It, it really, because if really it elevates it immediately, yeah. then it, then you realize how bad things were the, the, to the begin la- with. Other than this past draft, the two or three prior were bad, and it kind of you know reaffirms my point that I made at the beginning of the season when we started the show. I just didn't think that roster had a lot of talent on it, mm-hmm. and I think it kind of bared that out over the course of the season. And yeah, like you said, these guys are upgrades to what they had. It's just is it a how big of an upgrade, and is it enough to make you jump? We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Um, I don't know who the Bears got outside of Cordero Patterson, so you can clue me in on that. Uh, they got a corner from the Jets. Uh, screen, screen, yes. something yep. like okay, that. Yes. Uh, he started about three quarters of the season for the Jets. Um, they signed him. It pretty much means they won't bring Bryce Callahan back, who was one of their starting D-backs. Um, so, you know, probably a wash there. Okay. Um, they signed Mike Davis, backup running back, running back. for uh, the Seahawks. Seahawks yeah. he, he will be a backup, obviously, for the Bears. Uh, Cordero Patterson, who, I mean, I think that signing was it was a special team mm-hmm. slash trick play guy. You know, yeah, I mean, he, they're not going to they're not going to use him in the running game like the Patriots. I was going to say he ran out of the backfield some. Yeah, but I don't think I, I, I you know, you might have some trickery, some reverses, some, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But, you know. Certainly, he's not going to be an every-down player. So, um, I'm a little surprised. I, I'm surprised that I'm not surprised at, at the Bears' lack of involvement so far in the free agency. Well, they just freed up 11 million dollars in cap right. space with right. Khalil Matt re- reworking Khalil Max deal. Well, so what it tells you is what we go back to what we just said about the Packers. The Bears have had pretty strong drafts the last two or three years. I mean, they've missed on on a Kevin White and Leonard Floyd. Floyd finally had a good year, but the depth of their draft has been pretty good. Um, so they don't really have a lot of holes. Um, I was a little surprised that they haven't done anything yet at running back other than Davis. You know, he's a he's a backup player. Well, immediately when the Mac thing happened, people were talking about Bell. Yeah. They were talking about... Ingram. Uh, yeah, Mark and, Ingram. And, and Ingram. And, and, and the other guy was Tevin Coleman, who just signed with the 49ers this afternoon. Okay. So um, Jordan Howard's been on the trading block for two years. Yep. Um, it's going to be hard to bring him back just because it's hard to keep doing that to a guy, especially in football and expect them to kind of be all in and buy into your system. And, uh, you know, I, I, it leads me to believe they're either going to target that position in the draft or there's still somebody hanging around in the mid-level running back group that, that they might go after. 
Um, because I, I think the Bears, the way they run their offense, they don't necessarily need a star at running back. They mm-hmm. just need depth. Are they still going to try and kick the tires on that Kareem Hunt thing? or? Well, he's on Cleveland. Oh, that's right. He yeah. signed with them. That's yeah. right. I forgot. That's two in a row. Yeah, I know. That's bad. <laughs> um, one one position of need, obviously, is kicker. So they just saw they had two they had one guy in a trial and they just signed this Blewett kid. Yeah, well, he exactly kid. One of those two guys is gonna gonna be the starting kicker. I'm hearing a lot of Goskowski buzz. Okay. So he's 37. He's kicked in cold weather. He's used to the crappy conditions. All right. Um, you know, the question is always, well, the Patriots didn't want to sign him. Is he is he gassed? Is 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 he, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um yeah, I really thought I, I thought Ingram. He signs with Baltimore today. I thought Coleman, he signs with the Niners. The Bell thing was kind of a pipe dream. I never really thought they'd get him. It would have been kind of cool, but um, at the end of the day, probably wouldn't have worked out. And, uh, you know, there's a couple guys still hanging out there. One guy who's got my eye is Justin Houston, who was released by the Chiefs last week. And, um, you know, Mac got a little dinged up this year. And when he was out, the Bears still had a very good defense, but they didn't have that elite rush guy and Houston if they were to bring him in would kind of give them another guy that um you know when Max sits out a player if he gets injured or misses a game or whatever he gives yourself a little depth but again you're gonna find enough snaps for everybody because that linebacker group is still pretty strong it is it is um but you know again it it comes down to money and and what does somebody like this want um I I was I was kind of Personally, hoping they were going to make a run at Earl Thomas over all of these running backs. Um, I thought if you were going to try to go out and improve your defense, that was the guy to do it. Oh, you got Eric Berry now out there because the Chiefs just let him go. Yeah, man, he's always. I, I mean, Earl Thomas is always hurt, but Eric Berry is always, always hurt. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ravens. Ravens go and get Earl Thomas and Mark Ingram. Which is surprised after everybody else, they had a, a, a jettisoning yeah. of. A lot of players, and now they're just trying to restock at a couple of different positions. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I saw Suggs left and signed yep. a one-year deal with the Cardinals, yes. which really must have told you that the Ravens, man, they must have really lowballed him for him to leave for a one-year deal on that team. Because he's been, that's the only team that oh, he's, yeah. he's been I with. mean, he, uh, him and Ray Lewis have kind of been the face. Right. And Ed Reed, those Bull three Ware guys and, yeah. were kind of the, yep. the face of that D. So, um, I don't know. That, that's that's an interesting one. Uh, certainly, their offense needed help. Uh, yeah, you know, but but it's so funny. I but saw Ingram. Gonna, yeah, uh, Ingram signed a three-year, fifteen million dollar contract, and I read that the Saints offered him four and a half a year. So he left the Saints over five hundred thousand dollars to go to a worse offensive team. Like really? That that's uh, not, that's an interesting decision. Well, did he not? Did he not want to split with Kamara anymore? Maybe want to be the main guy, but I mean, who does Baltimore have other than Ingram? But God, when you're you're two plays the last two years for being in the Super Bowl, well, I don't know. That's that's tough. Yeah, to five hundred grand that doesn't. That's make. not a lot of money no, for these guys. Um, Michael pointed out to me yesterday morning, I think before the Bell thing was announced, um, that he had changed his. Twitter background to a green backdrop or something like that. Oh, I don't know whether that signals money, but he <laughs> he he went to the Jets, which I found that a little surprising. Well, the team, yeah, but the reason why, no. I mean, it was the highest offer. Well, okay, and that's what he wants. I mean, look, this whole thing with him, they screwed it up. He should have he should fire his agent immediately. 
Because and whoever gave him the advice to sit out last year was a buffoon. He gave up fourteen million dollars guaranteed. I saw a Twitter post today from last football season where somebody during the year tweeted at him, "Hey, I'm a Jets fan. You should come to our team next year. Four years, sixty million. And he said that's not enough money to to be on the Jets. What did he sign for? Less, Less than, than that. that. That tells you what the market bared out. So he goes to a worse team. He's getting, I think, thirty or thirty-one guaranteed. Well, that's he had fourteen guaranteed last year, and he gave it back. I mean, you can't recoup that to money. probably play on a better team too. So, I mean, I don't know. I I think this is going to be a typical Jets thing. He's going to go there. He's going to have a game or two. Going to be on a crappy team. Um, you're not going to hear a lot about him. <laughs> that's fine with me. You know, that's just kind of the way it goes when you go to that team. Kind of done with that guy anyway. Um, but yeah, these guys, you know, they, they, when it comes to the agents, sometimes I think these, these players in all the leagues, they, they're, they're so easily manipulated. An agent always will say, well, you know, I work for you. Well, technically that's true, but you're going to retire at some point and the agent's not right. The agent still has to work with all these teams. So is, was it really a good idea for that agent to okay Bell sitting out? I don't think so, because I think when he went back to all these teams, everybody, all these owners are looking around going, we're not paying him that. You know, he quit on his team. He didn't want to sure. play for $14 million a year, and he quit. And now you want us to pay him 20 a year? Well, who's to say that in two years he doesn't get pissed off again and say, now I want 25 I would and quit say, and sit out. I would say the chances of that happening are more likely than not. So I don't know who his agent is. I'd be I got. I'm curious to maybe look that up, but um, n- not a good day for Le'Veon Bell. That's for certain. Oh, well, he got paid. He got what he deserved. Really, <laughs> right? You know, that's fine with me. I mean, you these guys that want to walk away from all time franchises. I mean, there's like five or six teams in football that you know, do things the right way for, you know, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers are at the top of the list with it, with anybody. Mm-hmm. And for two guys that j- in their prime or late prime, like Brown, that just want to walk away. I mean, to go to crap teams and you haven't won a Super Bowl yet. If you're those guys, I just find that to be kind of interesting and strange. Le'Veon Bell's agent is a guy named Adisa or Adissa Bakari. Yeah. So you never heard of him. And I'm trying to find it ain't Drew Rosenhaus. Like, no, I'm trying to find what like if there's a big firm that he works for or something like that. And I'm not really coming up with something. There's I'm reading. I'm looking at an article of a, from Octo, late October of last year, where the sub headline is Adisa Bakari teaches his NFL clients to understand their worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's that guy. He's he's the guy telling everybody how underpaid and underappreciated they are. I think he's working in the wrong league because that don't fly in football. Well, free agency uh, was obviously fun. Um, I don't, it's not over, but the splashes are done. I don't expect any more big trades like we saw uh, because everybody wants to get these things done so that everybody can sign when the league year opened up earlier this afternoon and stuff can get, you know, you know, cross the T's and dot the lowercase J's. But it's still to me, doesn't beat the draft in terms of hope. 
um, because you look at free agency and the track record for a lot of these guys, and, and everybody says it right when free agency opens. The team that wins free agency does not win the Super Bowl. Except last year when the Eagles won it. Well, And except this year when the Rams did it and got to the Super Bowl. By and large, they listed the teams that quote-unquote won free agency, and what you could tell about the majority of them was that generally they have losing records mm-hmm. and they don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that script can flip and, and teams start to be smarter, I don't know, but I think a good combination of both things, you you address your weaknesses how you can, spend your money wisely so you don't have to reach for guys in the NFL draft. I mean, draft and develop, that I think personally, that was modeled after Schneider in Seattle, Thompson did it in Green Bay, and everybody thought that that was the way to do it. And then they saw the Packers start to fall off and maybe the Seahawks start to blow up a little bit. And now that's not as much of a thing anymore. Well, I just think the league is changing, you know, and it, it, when it comes to time to draft and develop, well, when now there's some of that and it depends on your situation. I mean, you know, take the bears, for example, we've talked about it plenty of times when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, this is when you spend money in free agency, right? When you have a quarterback that's making $35 million a year is not typically when you're going to have money to spend. So then you have to go the draft and development route. But it just seems like the league's changing a little bit. Um, guys are more willing to go on some shorter-term deals for more guaranteed money, like like an Indomitian Sioux last year and some of the guys the Rams brought in, um, especially as they get later in their career. Um so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, there's there's always going to the draft is always going to bear the most fruit because you have the most kicks at the can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with free agency with a lot of guys, it just boils down to dollars. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's it's interesting because, like you said, I mean, the 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 Patriots, Chiefs, Chargers, Bears, Saints, and Rams, which were basically the six best teams in football this past year, pretty much haven't done anything. Of note, I mean, except like, for like let the, guys go, right? And like the Bears, they signed a couple of guys that you know they signed their backup tight end, they signed a backup running back, so little stuff. But nobody went out of any of those teams and made any kind of a substantial move. The only one really would be uh, the Saints signing um, the running Mur- Latavius Murray. Murray. That's yeah. it. And to me, I think he got paid decently, but I mean, dude, the guy. He was a backup in Minnesota. And he's going to be a backup he's, he's now. He's going to be a backup there. So, you know, um, it's going to be interesting to see going forward. Is this a new trend? Because, you know, like I said, two of the last the last two NFC champions have built their teams that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when the Eagles did it several years ago, and they said they had the dream team, and they stunk. I remember when the Redskins signed Bruce Smith and oh, Dion, and they were terrible. Yep. So, yeah, you know, you know, there's, there's good and bad uh, on both sides, but... You know, on the draft and development thing, it sounds great, but then all of a sudden you're Cleveland and you're 25 years into a playoff drought. Right. So, um, you just you it, it still boils down to talent evaluation and being smart. And uh, you know, the well-run teams are going to continue to be the best best product on the field. Nick Foles is now the face of Jacksonville. Ooh, God, he got a lot of money, man. Best of luck with that, Jaguars. <laughs> all right, move to the NBA. Bucks in the midst of a road trip. They're one and one so far. Um, what did I did I look at next week or the week after? I think they got four games in 
six days or something like mm-hmm. that. And I, that's, I mean, that's on the horizon, but they got a lot in a little amount of time um, coming up. And I was actually surprised on the um, road trip that a couple of more guys weren't sitting, especially in the back-to-back against San Antonio on the short, you know, from the Hornets to San Antonio, the more guys weren't sitting out. Well, I was a little surprised, too, because they had so much uh, travel trouble that day. Right. So, um, that you know, that was one I guess they wanted to get. Uh, they had been struggling on the road a little bit after. They still have the best record in the league on the road, mm-hmm. but they had lost two in a row. Um, that one made it three. That was the end of that West Coast trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and the, I think, I think the Spurs are like twenty six and seven at home. Very good home team, so it's not not a not a bad loss. But um, you know, still three up on Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fourteen games to go. Plus they have the tiebreaker, so pretty much barring collapse, they're they're going to be the one seed. Um, you know, one three or four this week. Beat Indiana at home um, in a in, a in a nice game that mm-hmm. they really needed to win coming off that road trip. Uh, beat Charlotte, who they've been able to handle all year. And beat the Pelicans last night. So, um, on a nice little run here. Like you said, they got a busy week. They got down in Miami Friday, uh, St. Patrick's Day afternoon national TV matinee against the uh, Sixers. You'll be, be there. You'll be at that yep. one. That'll be a nice appetizer for uh, the brackets coming out a couple hours later. Because sure. God knows I will not be watching the Big Ten championship game. <laughs> uh, Tuesday, they got the Lakers. Uh, and I mean, at this point, you don't even really know who's going to be on the court for LA. And then uh, guys down left and right. Wednesday they got the uh, lowly Cavs. So um, opportunity to win three, four games here this week, and uh, and really put some distance and kind of close out the regular season on a high note. Give them a. It'd be nice to see the Bucks give themselves an opportunity the last week of the year to maybe rest guys here and there. Yeah, um, I, I was thinking about that for a lot of the injuries and some guys sitting out on the back-to-backs and whatnot. I mean, they were without Bledsoe and Brogdon for one game last week. Giannis has had an ongoing knee issue. When they get to the playoffs, I mean, are they going to need to to sit some guys? Are they going to they gonna be healthy? Are they going to be able to afford to, to rest some for a couple of games before then? You hope so. I mean, the interesting thing about the Bucks this year is is how much better they are than last year and how much less... Giannis, Middleton, and Bledsoe are playing. I mean, their minutes are down. Uh, Middleton was second in the league in minutes, and I think Giannis was 10th. Middleton was around 39. He's down to like 33. Giannis was at like 37 last year. He's down to 34. So Budenholzer's done a really good job of of kind of managing those guys during the game. Because, um, you know, a guy sits out at night. I mean, does that do a lot for you? Eh, maybe the next day, but... I think reducing the minutes over the course of the year has helped those guys okay. stay a little fresher, and they're getting healthy. It sounds like uh, Hill's supposed to be back soon. DiVincenzo's been back the last couple mm-hmm. games and got some runs, so they're 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 getting there. Um, you know, and of course, you know, obviously, you want to be peaking in April. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, bringing up the playoffs, it, it's going to be kind of fun to watch going down the stretch here. Um, their rotations and kind of see who's going to play. Um, Typically in a playoff series, uh, eight, nine deep usually, sometimes with the Bucs may go 10. Um, You know, uh, there's going to be DiVincenzo, Connaughton, Wood, Wilson. Um, Those guys are not going to play in the playoffs. I will be very surprised if we see them hardly at all. You know, you're going to have your starting five. uh, You're going to have Hill. Ursan, 
Powell, Snell, and uh, I'm forgetting somebody here. But about ten deep is the max. So and it'll be it'll be um, DJ. No, no, he'll okay. he's not going to play. Right. It's going to be matchup dictated. So Gasol will play more one series than the next. Um, Sterling Brown might get into a series if they need some a, a lockdown guy on the wing. So it's going to be kind of fun to see how Budenholzer does that. And, um, you know, I remember watching him with Atlanta a few years ago when they won 60 games and kind of surprised everybody in the league. And he did a good job of, of getting them to the Eastern Conference Finals where they just ran into LeBron and Kyrie. So um, be interesting. It's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fun time of year to be a Buck fan. It's, it's been a very, very long time since they were in a position where you could legitimately say they were going to contend. So uh, the next couple weeks can't mm-hmm. get here soon enough. Get this regular season over with and... Get me to the playoffs. <laughs> what else you got in the NBA? <sighs> Malcolm Brogdon has kind of been the unsung hero of this team. Okay. Um, you know, everybody talks about the big three, Giannis, Middleton, and Bledsoe, two all-stars. Everybody talks about Lopez and uh, and his three-point shooting. The guy the guy I forgot in the rotation is Miritich. Miritich. Um, they talked about the Miritich trade, picking up Gasol. But Malcolm Brogdon has a chance to only be the uh, eighth guy ever to join the 50-40-90 club. And what that is is 50% from the field, 40% from three-point land, and 90% from the free throw line. The only guys that have ever done it, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Steve Nash did it four times, <laughs> Dirk, Reggie Miller, Mark Price, and Bird did it twice. <laughs> so, I mean, you're talking Hall of Fame level, MVP level company there. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rare to be in that company. And, um, you know, it just shows what a what a hell of a year he's had he is in line for a mammoth raise, and he deserves it. I mean, the guy's been rookie of the year. He's just very steady. Um, so it's 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 kind of nice to have. I mean, that's your fourth best guy, right? Or maybe even your fifth best guy, if depending on how you view Lopez or Miritich. So, um, just really shows the depth. Okay. Um, did you see the fight the other night? I, I've I've seen a little bit. I've seen some swings. I've seen the tackle. I don't even know, I don't what, know what that was, man. I don't man. even know what like, it was about either because they were headed their separate ways and yeah, one of them turned around and went after the other, well, but his back was to him. Yeah, it was a, it was like an end of a quarter heave from the baseline to Serge Ibaka and he missed the pass and fell on his butt. And Marquise Chris for the Cavs, he, you can, he looks down at him as he walks away. He must have said something. And Ibaka just snapped. I mean, he went full Spreewell on him. He had the <laughs> hand around the throat and just swinging haymakers. And I mean, you know, thankfully nobody connected on any of these swings. But my wow. my interest is more watching the crowd because it's right in those baseline oh, yeah. seats that oh, are yeah. like the first two or three rows where you, got a you are six ten two right. two hundred and fifty pound dudes and and like the amount of jaw drops in there were absolutely <laughs> awesome. Oh, Guys yeah. holding their drinks and. You know, eating food, and they're just—I mean, wide-eyed, I mean, mouth well, agape. I mean, Sergi Bach is from the Congo. I, I don't think he messes around. <laughs> you know, like if he's coming at you, he's coming at you. Yeah. You know, and that—that that, you could st- tell Marquise Chris was a little—he was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> Have they decided what they're going to do about any? I of saw this three yet? games for Serge. I, okay. I don't know if Chris got anything. Okay. But. My, I mean. My interest, and I, you know, I, I don't like the whole sports talk thing, but I realized this was a big thing, was the Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. and the fan interaction mm-hmm. because I, I played that in the studio the other morning and just just to hear it, and I was like, wow, 
what is happening? You don't hear what the other guy said to Westbrook before he says he's going to mess up him and his wife. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it kind of reminded me of. Well, I thought this might be good for you and I to kind of get into it. It kind of reminded bit. me of where we are at the high school level mm-hmm. with fans shouting things to referees, coaches, players, you know, whatever. Now, we typically don't hear it get real personal. No. But there's still so much junk coming out of the stands yes. these days. And loud. And you get to a professional game. I mean, I mean, go to a brewer game. Go to opening day. I mean, it's an ab- it's the it's it, it's, it's Wisconsin's show. biggest bar. Yes. And people sit in there and they get annihilated. I mean, dude, I've been with buddies. I remember several years ago, one of my friends, his dad owned uh, some grocery stores. And so he got us real good seats down the right field line, kind of between the foul pole and first base uh, for a Brewer twin game. And there was a guy on the twins. His name was Dustin Moore, and he was playing right field. And every time that guy ran out, one of my buddies was all over him, (laughs) all over over him to the point where like the usher came down like five times and was finally like, you got to go. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Booted him. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, See, I mean, but it, it, and the thing about it is it's like, it's embarrassing for the people that you're with because I'm sure this, this it's come out that this guy is they people, of course they go back into your social media and it comes out that the guy's racist. Yeah. And he, now, and he was deleting tweets left and right. Did the woman, is the woman next to him, his wife, his I, girlfriend, I does know. she know he's a racist? I don't know. Who knows? Is but it one of his wives? They I were in know. Utah. Uh, it's a good is question. It, is there multiple? It's a good question. Well, but I don't know. You know, it's like everybody around you is also embarrassed See, and uncomfortable. When we did that at County Stadium, and this was, I mean, we were, I think we might have even still Nobody been in high school. Or, right. <laughs> yeah. That was why yeah, we, your old section we could get away yeah, with yeah, it. Oh, yeah. Because when they were playing the Dodgers and Raul Mondesi had just signed just an absolute monstrosity of a contract. And he was in right field that we were kind of where you were thinking back when they had the $7 general admission mm-hmm. and you could get your entire section to yourself. And there were, you know, probably 10 of us there. And we weren't drinking or anything because I didn't even think we were of age. We just wanted to go to a game, but we were just heckling Mondesi <laughs> just every time we could until we finally got him to turn to us right. in like the fifth or sixth inning. And That's just, all you wanted. And he just grabbed his crotch at us. Right. And I think at that point we shut up. Yeah. Because we got we got what we wanted. We knew we had gotten to him in some level, and we just got a response. But for for somebody to just, I mean, like Westbrook, and I, again, I don't know what this guy said. I mean, did it come Apparently, out what he said? He, he said something to the effect of you- get, get down on your knees like you're used to. <sighs> now, I don't, like, Westbrook took that as a racist comment, and maybe there were things said before that. I don't know. I guess maybe that's referring to something slave-related. I don't know. Okay. I saw it and thought he was calling him yes. gay. Oh, yes. That's okay. what I thought. Yep. Um, but I guess that's not what it appears to be. It appeared to be something racial. Okay. Um, the thing that is the this is kind of the most mind-boggling, I guess. I mean, that guy was, I don't know, 10 rows off the floor. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about to see the a Utah Jazz ticket, 10 rows off the floor, to see the Oklahoma City Thunder, that's probably a three to $500 ticket. So let's say let's say it's a four hundred dollar ticket. 
So he had two of them. He mm-hmm. spent eight hundred dollars to go to that game, and that's what he decided to do. And now he's banned. And for now life. he's banned. So I don't know, man. I guess people, you know, I guess you can do whatever you want with your money, but um, you're but you're right. You use that experience to go see the Thunder. And Westbrook was out of line. You can't do that. No, I mean that's where you got to go get. You go get. They were he, standing I, right there. Well, then you then you go like, to the referee. Excuse me. Go you want to the, go do something about this? Like go to your coach. Go to someone there. Right there, seeing what's yeah, happening. Well, Why are you there? Just because the guy hadn't run at him and on the floor? Maybe Isn't they a, didn't think that that was. I don't know. I I can't speak for these people, but if you're Westbrook, you can't be the guy. You can't. I mean, you know, if somebody's saying stuff to you, it's very easy. We've all done it to snap back and yes. you say something that you shouldn't say, but like. You know, I don't know how many times I've held my tongue. You can't, you can't do that, especially in the middle of an NBA game when you know there's hundreds of cameras on you and microphones everywhere. And, and not only that, but there are kids, right? You know, you I know, mean, as bad as it is for that guy to yell racist stuff at you, for you to be dropping f bombs when in a front kid's of wearing little your kids, yeah, that's that's not a good look, and right. that's why he got fined twenty five thousand bucks. Um, but you know, the NBA's got a it's it's this whole thing about. You know, the seats now are so close to the floor. And Westbrook had an incident a couple weeks ago where a little kid grabbed him or pushed him that was sitting on the sideline. And Westbrook, you know, kind of bent down and talked to him like, hey, man, you know. But it's like these people are so close. Well, now they're they're putting them between the bench yeah. and the scores table yeah. in the front row. Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, you're, you're kind of, you're almost asking for another malice in the palace. Right. With some of this stuff, I mean, they booted the radio people upstairs, right? To I mean, make room for fans. I mean, in the old days, basketball players were called cagers. In the real old days, they were called cagers because they played in a cage. There was a fence around the court, and uh, you know, I mean, that's not going to happen because no. advertisers and all that stuff won't let it happen. But I don't know. I mean, the NBA's got to take a hard look at some of this stuff, and and either they got to increase security or or what. Security's but you just got to do something. Man. All right, talk to me about Carmelo quick well, before I, we switch just, to hoops. I had college. this weird thought. I was sitting around the other day, and I was watching some hoops, and I was like, "We're in the middle of March. The trade deadline is passed. The window to sign guys that are eligible to play in the playoffs is passed. And Carmelo Anthony doesn't have a team, and I." Th- don't think he's going to have a team next year. I think he's done. I, I think we've probably, you know, it's I'd say 75% sure that he's done in the NBA. And it got me thinking, like, well, he's a surefire Hall of Famer, 100%. He's got 20, 20-some point per game average. He was on, like, three or four Olympic teams. He's got gold medals. Um, you know, he led his team to the Western Conference Finals. Um, he, he's got, he's got top five MB, MVP voting, all that kind of stuff. He's getting in the hall of fame. But the question is who's going to retire his Jersey. That's what I was wondering. And I'm like, well, you, you, you forced your way out of Denver mm-hmm. and you left them and you left on a bad, bad note. Can't imagine they want anything to do with you. <laughs> you went to the Knicks. Yes. They stunk. You were all right for a couple of years, but for the most part, it was terrible. I can't see them putting your number up there with Willis Reed and Walt Frazier and Patrick Ewing and and Senator Bill Bradley. I don't see it. 
Played one year in Oklahoma City, they ain't doing nothing for you, and you played about five minutes in Houston. So it's it's just weird that a guy can be that good for that long, and he's kind of a man without a country. And the other guy, and I looked at it on my way uh, well, when we got down here, the other guy's Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is currently on the Wizards, but he hasn't played a game since November. Is he even dressed? No, he's been inactive since November. He's played nine games this year. Um, I don't know how he continues in the league. And he's another guy. He left Orlando under terrible circumstances, forced his way out. Then he bounced around the Lakers, the Rockets. Um, Now he's on the Wizards. He was on the Hornets. I mean, these guys that are one. I mean, Dwight Howard and Carmelo Anthony at one time, both of them were top five players in the league. And now they're laughing stocks, basically, which is just, it's, it's bizarre. I don't remember. I was trying to think back. Like, I don't remember anybody being that good and then having this happen to them. I mean, a and, little bit. And with now you've I- got two of them. Yeah, a little bit with Iverson, but Iverson was more, he just got surly at the end and he wouldn't come off the bench and and he was drinking a lot. So Isn't there were some Vince other Carter issues. Vince Carter still playing? Yeah, that's and what still I'm saying. getting minutes? He's, he's 41. He said he wants to play next year. <laughs> he's still, the other day in warm-ups, he did a windmill dunk. The guy's a friggin' freak. But these other guys, man, I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, with Howard, his body broke down. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not a lot you can do with that. But, you know, the Carmelo thing, it's, it, I, it, I was just thinking about it the other day, and I thought, man, that's one of the best players that I can remember that's going to just kind of fade off into the sunset. Yep. And five years from now, when he makes the Hall of Fame, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, forgot about Melo. <laughs> man, remember that 2010 2010- uh, Nugget team with him and Billups and those guys, man, they were they were two games away from the finals. Highlight and of his career. That's about it. You know, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's switch to uh, college hoops. It's championship week. A lot of conference tournaments going on. Uh, you get tournament tickets getting punched every day in the mid major level. All the all the Power Five tournaments are now uh, underway. The Big Ten started tonight. Big well, we, East. We got to see a good one the other night. I, did you watch the entire the Wofford, Wofford game? game? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good UNC game. UNC Greensboro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind physical. Of, yeah, very, very physical. Very. Um, really made me kind of, as I'm watching these tournaments now, I'm thinking about the bracket and and, and betting stuff. And uh, I was very impressed with Wofford. Yeah. I mean, they got, they got two guys that just come off screens and chuck them. And one of those guys, I think they said during the broadcast, is the second all-time three-point maker in college basketball history. He just passed Raddick. JJ Redick. Okay. Um and the dude has got like I mean he gets the shot off like he's not even looking at the hoop <laughs> and it's going up and they go in obviously. Right. Um but I was impressed man like mm-hmm. that was a physical game they weren't making shots they had to find a way to win they were the number 1 seed yep. they were undefeated in their conference. Yep. They had beat Greensboro like by like 25 both times. But this one went down to the wire. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I was impressed with those guys. Well, I like watching a lot of these conference tournament championships. I watched a little bit of uh was it Northern Kentucky and Wright State. Oh, the State. Horizon. Yeah. Yeah, in the mm-hmm. in the Horizon. I watched a little bit of that last night um just to see some of these some of these tournaments. I didn't stay up for Gonzaga and St. Mary's, but now that kind of puts into flux all these other bubble teams. It does because Gonzaga's still going to make the tournament, well, yeah, and, just, and rightly so. A, yeah, they just took an at large, right? Mm-hmm. So St. Mary's now gets the automatic berth, which means usually one of the Power Five bubble teams 
that is right there, four in, four out. One of those guys is going to get knocked out yeah, everybody because St. Mary's has to get in. Everybody in Bloomington, Indiana, and at Georgetown went, oh, shit. Right. Thanks right. a lot, Gonzaga. I love Thanks, the, Mark Few. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> so Because you get so few mid-majors. Like, Wofford probably would make the tournament, I would imagine, as an at-large being ranked. Probably. Yeah. Buffalo probably mm-hmm. would make it. But, like, South Dakota State. We talked about a couple weeks ago. My my old teammate mm-hmm. is the coach there. They got beat in the first round of their tournament. They won their league. Mm-hmm. Got beat in the first round. They're not making. They're, they're not. Gonna they're done. Get right. And they were a very good team. So you've got you've got a handful, two, three of these teams that are mid majors that are ranked that were planning on getting in no matter what happened to the conference tournament. Well, if any of them get bounced, then it's power fives. Sorry. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's that's I think part of the drama for me that I like seeing like somebody like you said who just goes oh man yeah now you got to strengthen your resume by doing as good as you can in your own conference tournament I I just love the the you know the obviously it's fun to watch the the big conference tournaments the big 10 big east and yep. all that but like the ones that I get the kick out of are like some of these conferences out east like uh, like the American yes. American conference or the Patriot League or whatever and like you see it'll be like Bucknell versus yeah. Versus American in the in the championship for the Patriot League, and they're playing in a gym the size of Craig. <laughs> it's it's just and it's awesome because it's packed to the gills. The people are going crazy. It's usually on somebody's home court. Yes, um, it's it's you know it's way cooler than being in like these big arenas where half of it's empty or something. Well, and part of what what I find ironic is that these guys are so celebratory over making the NCAA tournament, and we talked about this last week when you're going to get one of the top seeds of the tournament and likely just get pounded on. But now that UMBC has done something, that might give them a little bit more motivation heading heading in. But, but. to get to go there and to, oh, to yeah. do Experience all the you, and just you get, get to a travel, you yes. get all the gear, yep. you get to oh, do no. the media tour. Totally agree. And if you do win, well, then you're just you're the media darling. Yes. Every girl in school's in love with you. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty sweet. All right, so Marquette not going into uh, the Big East tournament on no. a uh, good note. Yikes! They got the number two seed, and they could see a friendly or unfriendly opponent. Yeah, coming up tomorrow, depending on what happens with St. John's and DePaul. Well, I did it again. I I jinxed my own team a couple weeks ago. I talked about how good uh, the Housers and Theo John have been playing, and since then Theo John hasn't played more than nineteen minutes because he's a foul machine, and the Hauser brothers have stunk. So Marquette lost four in a row to end the regular season and completely blew a chance to win the Big East, which would have been really nice for right, the program. Right, because they, they got help. They had it. They yeah, had it. Right. So all they had to do was was take care of business. Yep. Couldn't I mean, do it. Losing, to, losing at Villanova, fine. You right. still got the, right. You're still tied, but... You, you lost know, a couple at home. Yeah, losing to Creighton and Georgetown at home. That's The Seton Hall game even didn't bother me that much. I mean, I think Seton Hall scored like the last 18 points 18, of the game yes, or something correct. like yep. that. It just... You know, one of those things that happens, mm-hmm. but you know, you give up eighty six points at home to Georgetown on senior day, and their freshman guards just kick your ass. Um, it's a little worrisome, but yeah, like you said, they probably St. John's tomorrow. Uh, maybe DePaul depends who wins the game, but mm-hmm. I believe they play at seven tomorrow. Okay, um, so that'll be interesting. And uh, Howard made first team All Big East. Not surprised. Player of the year. They they announced that today. Oh, oh they did. Okay, he got the player right. of the year. Sam Hauser, second team. Joey Hauser, freshman, okay. uh, first team. So, um, still a successful year for yeah. Marquette. I mean, this is probably the best team Wojo's had um, 
when I, I I think I heard Marquette has lost eight years in a row in the Big East quarterfinals. Um, so it'd be nice to be able to get out of there and, and at least yeah. win one game and and go in go into the big dance, kind of feeling at least somewhat good about yourself mm-hmm. and, and maintaining that five four. I think they're going to probably be a five seed unless okay. they get beat in the first game, but um, they just kind of got to get feeling good about themselves again and and uh, you know we'll see what happens, but. I was very confident a couple of weeks ago with this team. I thought, you know, a three, four seed, you know, this is a sweet 16 team. But now I'm just kind of like, they've been exposed a little bit. Should be able to get out of the first round. Well, it depends on the matchup. You know, I mean, if you play a big, long, athletic team like a St. John's, you're in trouble. You know, if you play one of these, you know, majority white kid Eastern Coast team, like a Hofstra or a Bucknell or somebody, then I like your chances. But. Um, I, I think this is probably going to be a first weekend elimination for Marquette okay. this year. Badgers are the four seed in the Big Ten tournament. Somehow. Uh, I know they got some help. Uh, Rutgers and Nebraska playing tonight. Winner will take on Maryland. Tomorrow, winner of that will meet Wisconsin on Friday uh, in Chicago. Uh, not surprising that Ethan Happ got first team. I thought it was pretty interesting. He got first team uh, three years. Mm-hmm. And that's a very limited company. It is in 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 the Big Ten. Yep. First uh, guy since Robbie Hummel uh, did that for uh, Purdue. Yeah, I think if you looked the at the two- list, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of guys from a while ago, and and or guys that are more recent that didn't really make make it in the NBA. Because most guys that have an opportunity to make it three years in a row are gone, right? You know. Yep. But hey, it's a it's a heck of an accomplishment mm-hmm. and. I don't know how Trice got honorable mention. Well, that. <laughs> well, that was by the media, so he must be a good interview. Um, <laughs> I think Greg Gard should have got the coach of the year myself. Mm-hmm. Um, about eighty-seven guys make all Big Ten now. They're, it's like it's like uh, all Big Eight here locally, where there's like nine three teams, teams like if plus you, honorable mention. Yeah, like if you tied your shoes, we're going to give you honorable mention. Um, <laughs> Hap is the only Badger. Listed on anything, yes. with the exception of Trice at the very yep. bottom, honorable mention yep. by the media. Um, to be fourth place in that league, to win 14 conference games, uh, to be 22 and nine, top 20 team in the country, and only really have one guy. Um, I think he should have got coach of the year over Painter. I understand Painter got it, they won the league, but um, man, if you just watch some of those Badger games and you look at that roster, it's not deep, and those guys are... You take Hap off the floor, that's UW-Green Bay. It's it's not that impressive. So. Guard was talking about the team's defense and wasn't surprised that Iverson was not on the all-defensive team, but everybody that I saw um, commenting when the uh, teams came out was they were they were surprised. He's played well of late. That Iverson was not on the all-defensive team. You know, but. We, we saw it at the high school level, man. Team that the light that that tunnel's closing. Yeah, you're a senior, and yep. you get into you get the late February, early March, and I mean stuff stuff happens. You get into the one and done scenario. You never know, mm-hmm. you know. So every every everywhere you go is the last time you go there. Right. You know, it's the last Big Ten tournament. It's your last NCAA tournament. So you know, whatever you got left in the tank, you got to spill it out For at sure. this point. All right, we're on to Brewer Spring Training, which needs to end, and we need to start the season Please. in two weeks. That's pretty much it, right? Next two weeks from from tomorrow. Can we just end all preseason of everything? It's so or, stupid. Or make it shorter. Well, like, do, how many preseason football games do the Badgers play? 
None. None. Why do the NFL even, need four? They don't even have a spring game anymore. It's just a practice. Yeah, why does the NFL have to have four? Why does the NBA have to have ten preseason games? You know how many they play in college? Like the Badgers will play like Stevens Point. Yes. And then they'll play the like back when we were kids, they'd play like Marathon Oil. Yeah. Some like <laughs> college all-star team. You know what I'm talking yes. about. They're like, that's yes. it. Yeah. You're, or or and now, you're ready. now some of these teams, I know Marquette, I think they went down to uh Tennessee and scrimmage like Vanderbilt or yes, something that's like right. that. That was you the know? secret scrimmage yeah. on a weekend or that's whatever. Enough. It was. Yeah. Yep. That's but, enough. But then you look and you could argue that some of the Badgers' early non conference games for football could be yeah, viewed as, right. as as the warm up games. Same with some of these the basketball games. Oh, the games. basketball, the early season games for the Badgers, the opponents, you're like, who are you playing? Yeah. When you get a home Aust- game against Mount St. Mary's. Austin P. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> who was the team that, that was at? Was it Jacksonville State? Yes. They were abominable. Yes. yes. They would not. Finished 500 in the in the WIAC. No way. <laughs> but I mean, with baseball too, it's like you're telling me that these guys couldn't play like like two series, have a couple inter squad games, and just start the damn season. It took Braun two weeks to get in the batter's box. Right. He doesn't need spring training. He he's been in the batter's box all winter long, changing his swing. Yeah, but that's what these guys do. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the the days of roofing houses and selling insurance are over. <laughs> These guys are year round. Yeah, I mean, look, spring training is a hell of a lot of fun to go to, and especially if you're here and you want to get into the nice weather. And that I totally am on board with that. But you know what? Shit, they play like 25, 28 games, yeah. and then they then they come back to Miller Park and they play, play two more play, games. Play a couple of like, exhibitions. Jesus. Yep, that's right. I mean, how much friggin' money do you guys need to shove in your pockets to all these teams? Jimmy Nelson seems like the the best. Story, I think, coming out of camp because he threw um, one inning. Granted, he gave up a homer on his second pitch, but he struck out the side, gave up a couple of hits. He didn't have pain afterwards. He's going to throw, what did I read, like three innings on Saturday, it looks like, even though that uh, council said he's not going to be on the opening day roster because, if I mean, if you're going to try and build him back in for a starting spot, you can't get there that fast. No, and I'm very happy to hear that he's not going to be on the opening day roster. There's no rush. I mean, use him uh, as a midseason acquisition type deal. Um, let him get right. And, uh, you know, if you ever wondered why the Brewers are good, all you had to do is watch him pitch the other day. Um, the entire team yeah. was on the top yep. step. Absolutely. Gave him a standing ovation, mm-hmm. cheering him on. Um, you know, when, when you have a nine month season like that and everybody is pulling for each other and getting along, um, you know, you can't really put a value on that. Obviously they've got some very good players, but you know, when you got chemistry and camaraderie like that and you genuinely like the people that you're playing with, I mean, that goes a very, very long way, especially, you know, especially in baseball and basketball where you're, you're together so much and you're traveling and you know, you're away from your families together. Football's a little different because you only travel you know, eight times and it's right. on a Saturday or whatever. But, you know, God, you're on the road in baseball for pretty much like four months of mm-hmm. the year. And uh, if you can't get along with your teammates, it'd be a long season. Right. Who's their second baseman again? Uh, that guy they signed? Mustakis. Um, <laughs> like that's this, what it like is. the uh, boat at the bottom there. Thank you. Well, you got so two in a row, right? What was the other yeah. one you had today? Who did I Kareem forget? Hunt. Uh, Kareem Hunt was yeah. on the Browns. Yeah, you'll get there. You're, you're getting. There. I only we're, do this for a living. We're, yeah, we're whatever. We're learning about sports. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, well, intentional foul in the books for another week. No top five. We'll have one next week. Uh, Las Vegas edition is uh, at the time of the taping. Dan will be off to Vegas probably about 12 hours later. Oh, less, not even. Yeah. Less than that. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. We're going to have to record early. Nah, we'll be next right. week. I may right. not even sleep. <laughs> That's a good way to go into Vegas. Coming in. <laughs> Get to Vegas. Go right to the dispensary. <laughs> Get myself a gummy bear. A couple Heinekens. <laughs> And head to the good. Head to the sports book. To go, yeah. Find Hunter. Find the ghost of Hunter S. Thompson. Yes. And have fun. Yes. <laughs> All right. That's the intentional follow for this week. You can subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Uh, you can follow us uh, podcast follow on Twitter. Josh Gold at Josh Goldberg here at Dan Saunders one hundred and four. All right. We will talk to you in a week. Yeah. Enjoy Selection Sunday yes. and uh, get them brackets filled out. We'll have plenty to talk about next week. There you go.